0: It's alive, it's alive, it's alive, it's alive!
1: (laughs) Dominic Lawton Can be wild Welcome to the bad
2: movie cult Today we are talking about what some people say is the worst film ever made. It is, of course, Manos, The Hands of Fate.
0: Yeah.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I I said last time, uh, if you remember on the first podcast, um, that they're fun. These films. We like these films. Uh, we jo- we enjoy them. Um, and then then this one was was brought in as our second podcast. And yeah, it it, it it's just totally the opposite of everything that I said previously. It's uh, it's just terrible. There's no enjoyment for this film whatsoever. And it's only on for an hour. And it still took two viewings to actually get to the end for me. Uh, just for this, I've seen it before, and uh, just forgotten about it because that's how it should be for this film
2: well we can't have too much fun on this podcast (laughs) no the audience aren't so why should we (laughs) (laughs) yeah
1: yeah um i I would think on this occasion this is probably us talking about it would be preferable to anyone else just watching the film whereas it was quite the opposite again on the other the other film that was much better than what we were saying but this one ah no ah
2: (laughs) <laughs> let's just crack on straight into it. So Man Offs the Hands of Fate, for anyone who doesn't know, is a 1966 American independent horror film. It was written, directed, produced, and starred by Harold P. Warren, or Hal Warren as he is in the credits. Uh,
1: it's, it's a credit there that uh, is, is incredible, is it? It's also one of those things that is also quite consistent throughout terrible films that one person just needed to make a film and therefore funded and did everything they could themselves. Uh, short of the music, this guy did everything, and <laughs> we'll get to the music in a minute.
2: Yeah. Harold Warren was actually a fertilizer and insurance salesman. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's a good combo. <laughs> he had
2: a walk-on partner TV show, and he became friends with the writer who was um, Sterling Siliphant. He started speaking to him on set of this this show, and he bet him that he he said that making a horror film is easy and he bet him that he could make a horror film himself totally <laughs> <laughs> this
1: is the output yeah and this is certainly horrific
2: uh, and he wrote the out they're in a coffee shop when they had this conversation he wrote the outline for the whole film on a napkin in that coffee shop it's actually
1: the plot itself is better than the film if you were just to tell somebody the plot, they'd be like, all oh, right, okay, that's okay. <laughs> but the execution of the whole film, uh, that's something else.
2: They had a budget of $19,000, which uh, in today's money is $150,000. <laughs> it's
1: nowhere near enough, <laughs> honestly. Uh, if you haven't seen the film, do. Uh, and I apologize for that recommendation immediately. It is <laughs> don't.
2: <laughs> um, and as for the plot Ken do you want to uh, <laughs> let us know what you've got for that uh,
1: it, it's simple as I say it, it, the plot itself actually makes it sound like it's a reasonable film it's uh, a family get lost in the desert and stumble across a cult who sacrifice people and uh, the leader takes women for his wives mm-hmm. and that, that's it they can never leave that, it's it's okay that's that's not a bad plot, but it's a very very bad film.
2: Yeah, well, it's what it's just oh man. I mean, the the equipment they used to to make this film on was um, was rented, so they just got through scenes as quick as they could to get it back in time <laughs> for the amount of time that they've rented it for. The camera only shot thirty two seconds of film at a time. It was a wind up handheld. You had to wind it up by hand. <laughs> to make this camera record and they only had 32 seconds which is why there's so many crazy cuts to this film
1: and there are there's pauses there's scenes without dialogue there's just scenes where people look at each other long scenes even though you could do 32 seconds that's a long time if it's just someone looking at someone else <laughs> uh, in close-up as well and then we see the person they're looking at Looking back at them for
2: another few seconds. <laughs> yeah. And uh, Harold P. Warren, by all accounts, was a fucking arsehole on set. He was just very easily to anger. Uh, he was very amateurish. And the crew, <laughs> so I saw a, a thing that the crew behind his back would call the film Mangoes, the Cans of Fruit. <laughs> behind his back. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I'd probably watch that film. <laughs> <laughs>
2: I'd watch it over this. Of course, manos in Spanish means hands. So the film's title is actually "Hands," the hands of fate.
1: <laughs> yeah, which is uh, again, that's probably better because Man- Manos, uh, incidentally, is never in it. No, he's, he's not in this film.
2: He's the sort of god that they worship. Yeah, is
1: not he? sure. Not sure what he's supposed to represent. <laughs> a hand. It's just a hand. <laughs> not 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 sure what his his powers are or. Anything like that, but if if he's just a hand.
2: Yeah. And also it's worth pointing out that there was no they had no sound recording equipment. So they recorded it and then they dubbed it all with about four or five people later on in a studio.
1: <laughs> and it's the the dubbing is uh, is just special. It yeah. really
2: is. The, the the little girl is blatantly a, a woman doing the voice.
1: Yeah, putting on a, a little girl's voice. Yeah, with a hand over her mouth. Yeah, which is, to do that a lot. Which is terrible. But then again you don't like the little girl. She's, she's an awful character
2: anyway. Yeah. she Oh, man. She, luckily, she's only got about three lines. Yeah, and you
1: hate her for all of them.
2: Yeah, the crew actually weren't paid, or, they, or the cast weren't paid to do this film. Instead, Hal Warren said that he would give them a share of the profits. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, I wasn't paid to watch it either, which uh, I might have to contact Hal Warren if he's uh, still about. I'll, uh, I'll ask him.
2: It played to one cinema. Which was the local cinema, the Capri Theater in uh, El Paso, Texas,
1: which was immediately burned down. Uh, and after, no, it wasn't. But, uh,
2: the the uh, must have been close. I read that the um, the premiere, Hal Warren rented. He got a big spotlight to go outside the, the cinema, and he rented a limo for all the cast and crew. So it, felt it had a bit of a Hollywood feel. Unfortunately, he didn't have enough to buy more than one limo. So he told the cast to to, to queue up a block away, he'd drop some off, then the limo would go round and dro- and pick them up and drop them off again at the cinema.
1: To be honest, th- these stories are better than the film. <laughs> so, <laughs> if, if there was a documentary about how terrible the making of this film is, uh, it must be more entertaining than the film itself.
0: Yeah,
2: and this film was uh, just remained totally ob- obscure and then 1993, uh, a TV show called Mystery Science Theatre, 3000, an American TV show, uh, found it, put it out and uh, just sort of cemented its place as one of the worst films of all time, which it definitely is. Yeah, no no argument there, no. Yeah, <laughs> it, mo- most bad films, you can still find humour in them, but this is just a, a a pain. It's agony to watch it. Let's listen to, the, I guess, the theme tune. <laughs> it's a nice bit of smooth jazz.
1: Uh, yeah, the music in this film is uh, atrocious. It's uh, It's just like porn music from the <laughs> 70s. Uh, I, I had to turn the volume down a few times actually watching this in the middle of the night in case well, in case uh, anyone else in the house thought I was
2: watching <laughs> 70s porn. You probably would have been preferred to have been caught watching that than this.
1: Yeah, at l- least I've had a reason for watching <laughs> porn. But uh, yeah, it's in case my neighbour started banging on the the wall as well. <laughs> not more, not more seventies pornography,
2: <laughs> Give it a rest, it's the weekend, Ken, yeah, but
1: uh, <laughs> yeah, but that that's that's your music, and it's almost constant throughout the whole film. there's no, no let up at all of music, It's even when dialogue's happening, they play music this, in the background, and it's just really, really intrusive, Just <laughs> horrible,
2: yeah, just this horrible. Horrible jazz.
1: Yeah, we 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 actually discussed. Is it is it a clarinet? Is it an oboe? Or is bassoon. it is it a bassoon? Yeah, <laughs> and we still don't know because you know we're not looking that up.
2: Yeah, we're not fucking <laughs> jazz instrumentalists.
1: <laughs> I mean, we're not sitting there discussing the. Uh, this
2: isn't the bit. bad jazz cult. <laughs> <laughs> it might
1: be if I have to watch more films like this, I might change the whole thing. Well, and here is, for your listening pleasure. Some of it.
2: Man of the Hands of Fate uh, theme
1: tune. Not the entire soundtrack, obviously.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so we start with lovely shots of the Texas desert. Yeah, just and a car. A car just driving through. Yeah, there's lots of there's lots of just shots that last forever. And, and what had happened there is that Hal Warren was originally going to put titles in, you know, starring and the name of the film and whatnot, and just didn't. <laughs> so you've just got lots of shots of the, the scenery whizzing by to start the film off.
1: And uh, we, we meet the family. That's an early meet. Uh, it looks cold and it looks windy as shit out there. It really does. They stop at it on top of a cliff. So this is a nice view. The daughter says she's cold, uh, which I believe I believe she may have said if uh, she wasn't even scripted, because it looks freezing. The wind's blowing. She's struggling with a dog, which she does quite often, actually, throughout the first bits of the film until the dog just gets killed. Pe- people are already saying something without any vocals. There's, there's there's no dubbing on what they're saying. You can see they're speaking, but we don't get to hear what they say. And who cares?
2: Yeah, more, more than likely, maybe an ad-lib. That they put in, and then they forgot what they said, so they just left it.
1: Yeah, and they also mention a gas station, even though it looks like there's never a gas station within a hundred miles of where they are. And Mike, who's played by Hal, his, his excuse is, "I've never got us lost before."
2: <laughs> I love that as he drives them into just danger, into a desert. Yeah, <laughs>
1: just into a desert, into, into the hands idea. of a cult. <laughs> I've never got us lost before. Yeah, I've never got us lost before, so this one's okay. Yeah, it's all right if I do it once.
3: We should be pretty close right now. The agent said it was about 12 miles from Highway 10, and that was Highway 10 back there. But you know, we should have asked for better directions at the last gas station. Listen, I've never gotten us lost before.
1: He tells his daughter that he's going to put the top up on his convertible car and then just doesn't bother. This is this is uh, after they've decided that singing Row, Row, Row Your oh, Boat God, yeah, <laughs> would be the best course of action to keep the holiday on all, plan.
2: All at different times.
1: Yeah, they, they do the overlap of yeah. Row, Row, Row Your Boat, if uh, you know that song. It's the best song in the film, uh, <laughs> due, due to the sheer awfulness of the rest of the
0: soundtrack. Why don't we sing a song to help pass the time? Hmm? Row, row, row your boat gently down the stream. Merrily, 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 life. Gently
3: down down the stream. Merrily, 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 merrily. life is but a dream. Merrily, 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 lightly down the stream. Merrily, 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 merrily And then they get pulled
1: over by the cops, and these these cops are hardcore. They don't take no nonsense.
3: All right, mister. I see you have a tail light problem. No excuse. Running late, first vacation, kid getting tired. It's too bad. So can't you give us a break, officer?
0: Well, all right.
1: that's it, he's just like, okay, then just next time, if you're late, set out earlier.
2: Yeah, he gives them all Captain Captain Hindsight. Good advice, that's
1: good advice to anyone who is running late. Don't.
2: That's when we get introduced, of course, to the other stars of this film.
1: (laughs) There's a a kissing couple in another car, uh, and that's pretty much all they do, they just kiss each other. They've got a little flask of, you assume, alcohol, uh, and they Ooch. and they kiss, they kiss each other, and they do that more than what, about three times. I think we find them out there in the same car in the same place for the whole day. They're, they're at night
2: time later on when you see them. Yeah,
1: and they're just they're still just kissing. It's not even leading to anything more than more kisses. It's just kissing, and they look about 30, 30 plus, mid thirties. Again, not sure why, not sure why they're out there.
3: <laughs>
0: man like there's
1: nothing up that road yeah f- first first we see them and it's i wonder where they're going as the family mike drives his family past them and uh, they do point out that there's nothing that way and then just can't continue with the kissing
2: and mike just comes across uh, i mean apparently hal himself was unlikable and he's written mike unlikable as well he's a fucking dickhead
1: yeah he's probably not even noticed that mike's an idiot because he's written it as himself but uh yeah, Mike's a
2: bit of an idiot all the way through. These quick shots again that we see of him driving towards the same thing three times. It's not it's not even like, oh that bush there's uh you know, he's driven past that once. It's there's literally a massive sandbank about three foot in front of it's him. It's just
1: dead ends. He's driving directly into a dead end.
2: Yeah, and that's when we get the kissing couple again and the police turn up and uh the police get out and say, How many times I gotta tell you kids? So it seems that the policeman's main job is to just tell off kids for kissing in their cars and it
1: would appear it's just these two again and again
2: yeah and uh, the young lad says oh sheesh holy cow man I'm surprised he didn't say daddy <laughs> no it's
1: pretty cool it, just, it shows how young he is in his mid-thirties
0: <laughs> how many times do we have to chase you kids oh she! holy cow man you'd think we're doing something wrong
3: well, whatever it is you're not doing, go don't do it somewhere else. Why don't you guys leave us alone?
0: Come on now, no wisecracks. Just go on home. Okay. Get going,
3: get going. Right already.
2: And that's the whole scene.
1: Yeah. I'm not even sure if, if kissing in a car is illegal.
2: Even the sixties on the. I don't, I don't know.
1: I mean, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not doing
2: it. But uh, is it lollygagging? Is that what that's called? That's disgusting.
1: <laughs> <laughs> not on this budget. There wasn't.
2: <laughs> and then there's more jazz sax as Mike turns up to this lodge, and then the I think the wife says that it's getting dark, even though it's bright sunshine midday in the desert.
1: Yeah. So they have to find somewhere, but uh, they haven't seen anything anywhere until now. When but, they do see something, and they hadn't seen it before, and he said it wasn't even here before, that wasn't there before. He says, which is unusual if that is the case. But they don't, they don't bother dwelling on that.
2: And that's when we're introduced to the best character of the film.
0: I am Torgo. I take care of the place while the master is away.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was going to say arguably, but he's not arguably. He's, he is the best character, and he's also the worst character <laughs> simultaneously. Um, it's, it's, it's quite remarkable that he manages that. It's either a testament to his acting or it's not, <laughs> which I would say it isn't at all. It just goes to show the quality of everybody else in it.
2: I mean, the first shot of this character, he appears to be pleasuring himself. <laughs>
1: yeah, I'm not, not sure what he's doing, but we see him and he's kind of just, it's just his face.
2: And then there's just a massive pause where everyone just stares at each other. There's some jazz playing and they're, they're all looking around nervously, even Torgo. <laughs>
1: Yeah it it it's weird it's it's like uh, it's almost a minute of just characters looking at each other whilst the piano suggests something's happening and nothing is mike of course uh, asks if they can stay
0: there is no way out of here it will be dark soon there is no way out of here no way out
3: well you know we we could spend the night here and then oh, tomorrow my, we could
0: my... I don't want to spend the night here. I don't like the looks of the place.
3: Well, it seems we have no alternative. Well, how about it, Torgo? Can we spend the night here? Well, I don't know what else we can do.
1: which Torgo says
2: no. It's uh, the most unwelcoming-looking lodge with the most creepy-looking person yeah. working there.
1: Yeah, the master wouldn't like it. Um, Mike, of course, being a dick, uh, says that, well, we're here now, so we might as well stay anyway. The master will be fine not knowing who the Master is, but deciding he'll be okay with it.
2: And the wife is so opposed to this. She's sort of almost in tears at the fact that they're staying at this place.
0: But Mike, I don't want to stay here.
3: And the Master wouldn't approve. Don't worry about it. We're here now and I'm sure the Master won't throw us
0: out. Well, how about it, Torgo? I don't want to stay. Let's leave. I don't know about it. I just don't know.
3: Torgo will stay tonight and then tomorrow. You we...
0: must be you cannot stay. The master would not uh, approve.
1: <laughs> but it's happening. So Torgo even though he said no, please leave, uh, <laughs> like did, three times. Now just unloads the car with their with their luggage in, Yeah. In what, with what reveals to almost like a theme tune for Torgo That's a great whenever theme he walks. Tune. He walks. Um Rather difficultly.
2: He walks like he shit himself.
1: Yeah, or he's still shitting himself whilst he's walking. <laughs> it's like he's not quite finished.
2: And then yeah, Mike's like, Togo, you appear to be disabled. Get all our fucking bags for us.
1: Yeah, because we
2: can't be bothered. At no point does he say that he is even working there or that he's a baggage boy or whatever. He just tells him to go get the bags.
1: He just takes care of the place while the master's away.
2: Uh, it turns out, uh, reading into this film... That Torgo is supposed to be half man, half goat. He's got goat legs, which you can't tell from the, the, the film.
1: <laughs> what you can tell is that he's got padding in his legs and that's it. And he walks like he's shitting himself. So if, if that's what they wanted, I don't know why they didn't mention that he was half goat.
3: Look at this.
2: We then get a look at this and we get the, the painting, which apparently was painted by the wife of the person that played the master so therefore it's in the film fucking six times
1: yeah we, we look at that a lot um, there's, there's lots of close-ups of that he's, he's with a Doberman so the master looks a little bit like um, Freddie Mercury in this um, and he's got a dog it looks so
0: sinister
3: must be the master himself
0: oh Mike I'm scared he has the meanest look that dog
3: i'd hate to run up on him in the dark or even in the light for that matter
1: the wife exclaims the animal is the most sinister she's ever seen even though it's pretty much just black uh, with glowing eyes yeah you,
2: can't, you can hardly see the the dog itself
1: yeah it's quite a dark painting torgo's theme tune and then he shuffles yeah he's, he's bringing the bags in <laughs> again anyone even the daughter could have brought the bags in a lot easier than Torgo seems to be doing. But, you know, they'll abuse the hospitality that Torgo's already refused them.
2: <laughs> and also, they, they seem to to be trying their best to make it sound like this house is bigger than it is, where they, they lose things. Because from what it looks like, it looks like it's one room with a, a bedroom attached and possibly a kitchen, though you never see it. Yeah,
1: it's just a couple of doors just one room and two doors
2: and they spend a lot of time looking for things and and shouting out even though it's obviously there's only three rooms in this whole place
1: well we discuss we discuss the master because they've seen the painting and uh, they're asking a few questions Torgo's got another line which he likes so much that he says it twice
0: that must be your master where did you say he was he has left this world but he is with us always no matter where we go he is with us What? No matter where he goes. What does that mean? That dog is the most vicious looking animal I've ever seen. Well, I hope he goes where the master goes. There is nothing to fear, madam. The master likes you. Nothing will happen to you. He likes you. Likes me? I thought you said he was dead. Dead? No, madam, not dead the way you know it. He is with us always. Not dead the way you know it. He is with us always.
2: Yeah, there's a, there's a lot of that in this film. A lot of repeated lines. How How loves the repeated line as well.
1: Yeah, Hal loves the repeated line as well.
2: Nice, thanks. Is that when we get the wolf Howls?
1: Yeah, th- yeah. Th- then we hear, then we hear a ridiculous animal noise. I don't know if it's supposed to be a wolf or what, but we never see what it is, so it doesn't really matter. It's just a noise.
2: I mean, What would it be in the desert? Coyote or something?
1: Torgo. Uh, so we'll go. Yeah. For all <laughs> I know, I don't know. It could have been anything. But the the, the little dog that um, the, the the daughter has been wrestling with. Uh, the daughter is called Debbie, by the way. It's not relevant, but uh, you know she deserves some sort of recognition. Um. The dog runs away outside, so the dad goes to have a look. So Mike's gone to find that dog. Gets his gun. Obviously, you got to go. He goes to the car, gets a gets his gun out.
3: Get, get back in the house, damn it! My God, Mike, what happened? He's dead. Peppy's been killed. Get back in the house, honey.
1: Yeah, the dog's dead. That, oh. that's yeah sorry sorry to break it to you like that but the dog dies peppy um, is his little, name little peppy <laughs> and um Pepe. he's dead uh, which is represented by a small ball of fluff on the floor the wife then cries what kind of place is this
2: she wanted to leave when she got there and she wants to leave now and that's all she literally spends the rest of the film just complaining she wants to leave and mike's just happy to be there for some reason
1: uh he shouts torgo uh, to try and explain the stuff to him. The door opens, uh, the only door that you can see from the room and Torgo is behind that door and says, did you want me? Uh, which is obvious because they were shouting his name and he's right next door, so he, he figured it out and um, he says, we must leave.
2: Yeah, but, get, but, get the bags. Yeah, yeah, get,
1: <laughs> get the bags, you cripple. He doesn't say that, but uh, you know. <laughs>
2: He tries the car and the car does not work.
1: No, and they can't leave. Apparently, Torgo explains this to the wife because the master wants you for his wife.
2: This is when he does the, yeah, yeah. he does the hand thing. T-
1: Torgo then uh, raises his left hand and very, very slowly approaches her face and strokes her hair.
2: She just allows that to happen.
1: Yeah, not not since not since the scary movie small hand guy has it been a more awkward hand towards the face moment. Um, <laughs> so, but she does let it happen. She lets it happen, but she she's making noises like she's not happy about it. Although yeah. he is a small crippled man that she could easily fend off, but she doesn't. And but, then uh,
2: Torgo does a one eighty after what he just said and says, "Actually, I want you for myself."
0: You never try that again, you beat! The master wants you, but he can't have you. I want you! Stop that talk this instant, you hear? He wants you, but he can't have you. Mike! Mike!
1: She slaps Torgo across the face. Uh, Torgo gets slapped a little bit later on as well, so it's it's a thankless character, really, for Torgo.
2: She seems to just forget totally that Torgo's done that to her. So when Mike comes back into the house, she doesn't say a damn it's thing. Be-
1: it's because he says, uh, I will protect you. And she's like, oh, okay, then I won't tell my husband. And that, that's that deal made. Um, Debbie, meanwhile, just gets up off the sofa. She's asleep. She sleeps for a lot of this film. It's unusual for a, a small child to have no energy whatsoever and just sleep through everything. But uh, she, she wakes up. And uh, just just leaves just leaves the room whilst they're in it, staring at the painting. Yeah, they're ju- they're just in the room, and again, there's only two doors. So, when they can't find her and the panic ensues, she's pretty much gone out of one of those two doors.
2: Yeah, they just start calling. He says, "Oh, Debbie, come out, come out, wherever you are," <laughs> thinking she's playing hide and seek in one of the two rooms.
1: Yeah, because that's what you'd do that's what you do isn't it if you're in a weird place you'd think oh I've just woken up i might as well go and play hide and seek and not tell anyone
2: yeah that's when mike steps out of the, the the back door and because it was nighttime another fun fact is they had no extra lights to shoot outdoors in the in the dark they had to shoot the most of the film in the dark because all the people worked day jobs so when he steps outside he takes one step off the <laughs> one step off the stairs with his torch just shouting his daughter's name and that that'll do him
1: yeah, not investigating, not going out into the desert, sending me daughter, she'll turn up. Well, she does turn up, as it, as it <laughs> happens, so that, that is a sufficient search from Mike. She turns up, but she's brought a Doberman with her, which, again, is a bit worrying, you'd assume.
2: Yeah, Mike pulls a gun on his own daughter, even though he knows it's her.
1: <laughs> yeah, and then it says, <laughs> where, did, where did you find the dog? Which is reasonable. Uh, and then we get introduced to... The wives. Yes. Because we find out where she found the dog. And it's kind of like a, a large altar.
2: Yeah, I assumed it was underground, but thinking about it now, it's it looks just out in plain sight where the the mass is just asleep on a on an altar, as you say. And yeah. Then,
1: just on a concrete altar, he's asleep.
2: And then the wives are all on sort of columns, aren't Little
1: they? Little pedestals, uh, all also
2: asleep. Yeah, and then Torgo starts talking shit to him.
0: Oh, you pretty ones. Let me see how good you are. I won't need you anymore. I have my own wife. I won't have to come in here to dream of having one of you. You, you're the worst. You were his first wife. He doesn't want you anymore. Now even I don't want you.
1: Again, touches their hair, which I guess is his Torgo's thing, you know.
2: He kisses one of them on the hip.
1: Yeah, he doesn't get a lot of women, you wouldn't imagine, so uh, he's, he's got to have some sort of fetish to him what in his
2: his jumpsuit and suit jacket that he's wearing
1: no he's he's not the most attractive (laughs) he's got fucking goat legs yeah yeah he's not the most attractive goat-legged man i've ever seen for certain so (laughs) and you've seen a lot of those i've seen one or two in my time i've been around (laughs) the block
2: is that when why is mike out in it because he knocks mike out next doesn't he why is mike out in the fucking darkness
1: Uh, i'm not sure
2: Mike's what? just fucking looking around, isn't
1: he—he's just wandering about. He's just wandering he? about in the
2: dark. Is he, he trying to? I don't even know what he's doing. I think, he's trying to I find a phone, maybe.
1: I think that's how we we got to meet the wives, didn't they? Go and look where they'd
2: where she found the dog, and he just went. He just went and left. Yeah, you two just stay in this this lodge. I'm gonna go walk off into uh, the desert. Yeah, I'll walk off into the dark. Yeah, and that's when Torgo surprise attacks him and proceeds. To, it's the most awkward struggle to tie a man to a tree in any film yeah because
1: he can't walk for a start torgo can't walk even when he's not dragging a, a large man
2: plus he seems to be about five foot three the guy who plays torgo and How's obviously just about six foot and in, overweight
1: but instead of uh suggesting that this is what he's doing they show it in every painful second
2: of him, try struggling him, to drag him trying
1: him. to drag him across <laughs> the sand uh, which he eventually does and sort of leans him up a tree and we get the idea that he's uh he's tied to it from then on <laughs> and finally this is 34 minutes in uh the master wakes up and it's about bloody time
2: he looks immediately any mystique you have of the master thinking oh he's he's a scary powerful guy is dissipated immediately he looks downtrodden in the very next shot where all the his wives are discussing the daughter and the mom—what they're going to do with them—and and the master sort of sits to the side and he's just shaking his head, looking yeah, he down just, at his just, feet. Just looks sad. It <laughs> yeah, does, and he's like rubbing his eyes. I mean, pe- people
1: with one wife—you uh, know—they get enough shit. But uh, this guy's got loads of wives.
2: And I don't think he thought it through, did he?
1: No, I mean, no wonder he keeps them all asleep on pedestals. <laughs> but if it's the same time he's asleep, then he gets no—he gets no peace. He gets no time to himself to enjoy a little bit of master time. Oh and she'll going with the beginning no, of that sentence. Time. <laughs> and then we get a wife fight. We do. We do get a wife fight and um, it lasts too long. I mean, we keep cutting back to this wife fight. So it's not just a constant wife fight but they say It's it's through the rest of the film this Yeah, yeah, fight. they they still fight even like when we cut back to them later.
3: Maybe she's right. Maybe we should spare the child.
0: It is against our will that we stay here. Do not make the child die to satisfy him. He does not need any more wives. Yes, he has no more time for us older wives. Just the newest. Jealousy is not part of us. Why are you so jealous of me? You are a troublemaker. You deserve to die.
1: The soundtrack to The Wife Fight is possibly the worst soundtrack moment of the film. It's just, it's like instruments were just being played by animals. Where it's not even people that know how to play these instruments. It is just awful. Pianos just being randomly hit. Um, the oboe, clarinet, bassoon combo is just, it's just random. It's like some asthmatics got on there and uh, it's just just playing away.
2: Hey, that's jazz, buddy.
1: Apparently so. If that's <laughs> jazz, then Manos can keep it.
2: <laughs> yeah, and that's when I, I, I like your uh, your notes that you wrote about this, when you see Torgo.
1: <laughs> yeah, I just put Manos finds Torgo sleeping on a pile of shit, <laughs> uh, which is actually what it looked like to me. It's, it's he, just a pile of dirt it's just in the corner. Dirt, just a dirt pile, even though there are beds and furniture available, Torgo is sleeping on a pile of shit. But he he finds him anyway. So the master the master the master goes in. Torgo says, "Oh, it's not fair and all that stuff."
2: And he knows, doesn't he? The master says, "I know you've been in this chamber talking shit to my wives, yeah,
1: and touching their hair and kissing all, their hips and all that stuff, you dear legged freak." Whatever his he's legs got. He's got a
2: lovely robe. The master that must have took most most of the budget up.
1: Yeah, he um, he, he he seems to kill Torgo just by staring at him. Uh, it doesn't actually happen. Uh he doesn't really kill him, but he he stares at him so hard that Torgo either faints or dies now, I originally thought he died uh but he's he's in it again later, so obviously he didn't die and then he unveils his cloak and it's it's splendid it's it's got hands on it, you say manos hands perfect it's the perfect cloak for this film, and it is as as you say, it's probably the best thing in the film it's it's the budget budget bursting cloak,
2: yeah. And then we get the, uh, the shot of the wife sleeping with the daughter. And that's, this is the second time you see one of the bad guys at the window. Before that, Torgo is licking the window as the wife's undressing. Uh, the wife, the, the, the actress that plays the wife, Hal, went up to her and said, how do you fancy doing this scene topless or something like that? And the actress said, no, I don't want to. And he said, that's good, you've passed the test.
1: <laughs> Which is my defence in court every time that I try that as well. <laughs> yeah, nice, just, nice work Hal <laughs>
2: just decided to, I'll ask her and if she says no I'll just pretend that I'm testing her out like if she said yes I'll do it then I, I would have said absolutely not but yeah we see that the blind goes up <laughs> she, she's lying there with very dirty feet the, the daughter of course is asleep and then she looks across and there's a close up of the window the blind goes up instantly and then Freddie Mercury is on the other side staring in
1: We don't know who who lifted the blind. He's outside the window. The window's shut. So it couldn't have been him. But somebody does. She asks, where's Mike? Where's Mike? Oh, God, where is Mike? Uh, He's in the woods. He's asleep. He then goes and and starts chanting, kill, kill, kill. And Torgo is the sacrifice this time. He gets killed now by some of the master's wives just moving his face around a bit. Not not in violently at all, which is weird, but they kind of just like push his face from one place to the next. And, and He gets
2: massaged to death.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's, it's worse ways to go.
2: Yeah, and I know what you're thinking. What's happened to our hero? Because you know we can't just leave Mike tied to a tree. And sure enough, he wakes up uh, very easily gets himself away from the tree, must use an elastic band to keep him in. Yeah,
1: it doesn't seem to be tied up at all, actually. Maybe somebody slapping his face has uh, un, unravelled his ropes.
2: But uh, probably more of a, a look at how uh, Warren as a person was when he goes to the, the door and says, Margaret, it's me, let me in, and she refuses to.
1: Yeah, she doesn't, she just ignores him.
2: I think that's probably happened to Hal more than just in this film.
1: And by more people than just Margaret. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, she's crying for him. And uh, when he appears, she just doesn't let him in either. Anyway, Torgo's... <laughs> like,
2: it's me and she's just... <laughs>
1: yeah, it's me, Mike. Which uh, she must have guessed. Uh, but yeah, she, she just sits there with, <laughs> with Debbie. <laughs> Torgo. Anyway, Torgo's still not dead because he's in this scene as well. He's, he's died twice now, or so it would appear. But he's he's not dead at all. He's, he's in this scene. Um, the Master... Uh, grabs his arm and he he puts it near the staff. If you remember, Dom mentioned that he had a staff with a hand on it. Well, he does that near a flame and uh, somehow Torgo's hand just falls off and bursts into flame.
2: And then Torgo runs into the darkness with his stump on fire. (laughs) Yeah,
1: not sure how he runs because he's been struggling to walk, but he, he picks up a fair pace as he leaves this scene. Um, and then we assume he's dead again. I mean, we keep assuming he's dead. Yeah, we so, don't
2: actually ever see him dead. He just runs off.
1: Uh, but the plus point is we don't ever see him again either. So mm-hmm. uh, so the assumption is he's dead. And uh, God bless Torgo. <laughs> is
2: this when the master starts slapping the shit out of his wife?
1: Yeah, the, the master starts laughing around uh, about now. And that laughter um, lasts for... a about a minute, a minute and a half. is just constant laughter, like evil, maniacal laughter, whilst he's just, like, packing stuff up. Yeah, just, just laughing, laughing at nothing. Or, or how evil he is and how Torgo's got no hand. I don't know what he finds funny, do I? He's, he's the master, for God's sake. Then he starts slapping his wife, yeah, numerous times, because there's one wife that's uh, objected to it, to, well... To the film, I yeah. don't know. She's objected to something. She's objected to the child being involved.
2: Yeah, basically, the, the master seems to be a paedophile who wants the, the daughter as his wife, and this one wife, one of his other wives, says that she doesn't agree with that.
1: Yeah, he doesn't like that, the master. He'd kill whatever he wants. He's, you know, he wants wives. He gets wives. That's how he works. That's how he operates. Yeah, so he just slaps the shit out of her face, probably for longer than he laughs which is already like a minute and a half. So that's two minutes of just slapping the same woman in the face. And we get to see every single slap. And they're awful, obviously. They're not really slapping her. but
2: um, He sort of dances around (laughs) for a little bit as well, flowing his cape about yeah
1: yeah not sure what he's doing whether they forgot to put some sound effects of extra slaps in or something but uh...
2: it just seems very unfocused this it's like the master is dealing with Torgo but then he's fine to just let those guys run off Uh, the the family sort of run off into the desert whilst he's just pissing around disciplining his wives
1: he should have left them asleep that's what he should have done that's when you wake up all your wives what do you expect
2: and then disappearing off into the woods just gives another chance for Mike to prove how unlikable he is by constantly berating his wife, who's crying, and his daughter, who's sad.
1: Yeah, they, they, they've escaped. So they've they've escaped the house. They're now in the desert. Um, the obvious suggestion of what they should do next is go back to the house.
3: No, Maggie, we can make it. We'll rest here for a minute. We can make it.
0: Let's go back. They'll never think of looking for us at the house.
3: You know, you might have a point there.
0: Please, Mike, please, I can't go any farther.
3: Listen, we can lock ourselves in the kitchen. I have my gun.
1: So they make that decision. Uh, the decision's made. They all, they all vote on it um, and decide, yes, okay, then you're probably right because they're looking for us. So they won't be looking for us at the house, which is a, a twisted way of thinking, but they're gone for it. Um, Debbie, the daughter, uh, then needlessly asks, where's my puppy? Um, this is
2: the first time she's spoken since the beginning of the film.
1: Yeah, if you remember, the puppy died ages ago, and I think they just told her he'd run away. But uh, yeah, so she asks, where's my puppy? And uh, Mike, Mike, he's, he's had enough of this. He's just like, please, Debbie, not now. <laughs> <Even> <laughs> he just dismisses it, her instantly. Even though that is the first time she's spoken for about 40 minutes. <laughs> he's had enough of her shit already. He's not taking any more of this.
2: Let's not forget the snake the uh the stock footage snake that they've got
1: yeah which uh, he shoots <laughs> he just, shoots he, randomly. just sh- he just shoots it and uh, i think twice yeah the the point of that is i think for gunshots because the cops are still out and uh, vigilant as ever so they they look
2: <laughs> they do yeah <laughs> yeah they yeah <laughs> they, they somehow hear them in their car and uh, sort of drive to a random location uh, and almost as soon as they get there, they dismiss the shots as oh they're probably from Texas. They, you know, n- uh, sound travels better at night, is what one of them says.
1: Yeah, because we're in the boondocks. <laughs> that's what he said. And uh, yeah, and they assume that the gunshots probably, in fact, came from Mexico. <laughs> yeah. Which is a, an odd assumption, but uh, they they look, they take a small torch, walk to the front of the police car, and then just turn it off and walk back and say that's yeah.
0: That sure sounded like shots. We'd better check. This hour of the night, there can't be anybody out here. This is the boondocks.
3: Well, sound does travel a long way at night. It could be clear over in Mexico,
0: for that matter.
2: And yeah, so the the family get back into the place, and then we get some of the worst editing you'll ever see in a film.
1: Yeah, it's it's like they can't even edit a still image. It's it's like a room with all the doors shut, and then it edits. Again, and it's slightly different. Uh, it's... Oh, yeah, what about the moon as the well? The moon moves as well. They, they, they've got a, an image of the moon, which then moves.
2: <laughs> just moves to the right. Very... Yeah, it
1: just it just moves a bit.
2: It's it's, like, it's
1: it's quite unbelievable, really. They should just have used a still image, but they didn't.
2: It reminds me of there's a, a absolutely superb uh, TV show called Garth Marenghi's Dark Place, where they have a shot of uh, a clock at 12.01, no at 12 and then it changes to 12.02 but the, it slightly moves the clock they, they they perfectly sort of capture the essence of these sort of awful edited that's, films
1: that's, that's a real recommendation by the yeah. way everybody <laughs> that's, not, uh, that's not a joke that is a superb programme, Dark Place
2: um, but yeah so the, the master comes out of the bedroom and then ha- the family come in and then they shoot at nothing where the master was it's gone i'm guessing they're trying to say that he disappears you <laughs> hello well maybe not <laughs> they assume that the master's disappeared maybe i don't know maybe it's just a really fucking awful maybe it's cut. just terrible
1: editing yeah yeah i and I,
2: I, I yeah he, he appears
1: to shoot the master at point blank range Yeah, uh, which the master just stares at him.
2: Yeah, because then then you see a point of view from the master of Hal shooting him in the face and then it cuts back to the master who's just staring down the camera and then fades a- to black.
1: Out of focus. Very uh, out of focus. Yeah, we're looking yeah. at the
2: back wall, aren't yeah, we? Yeah,
1: not, not sure if that was intentional either. Not sure if any of this film's intentional.
2: And then the next morning we get uh, two women in a car driving through the desert. We get the kissing couple. They've been there all night, the kissing couple. They're they still at there.
1: It. Yeah, this is about the fifth time we've seen them just there in their car, kissing kissing away.
2: Yeah. And then they pull up to the lodge, and who steps out of the door?
3: Welcome. I am Michael. I take care of the place while the master is away.
1: A little, a little nod there to what Torgo said. So, you, you know, oh. All that makes the audience think, hang on, he's replaced Torgo.
2: Which isn't a bad ending if you give a fuck about the film, which no one does. But but
1: you won't. You won't by this point.
2: We then get a shot of the wife, who's now a wife of the master, and also the daughter, which is very controversial for a 60s film.
1: Yeah, and the end credits credits are kind of like highlights of the film, uh, with the actors and their names appearing, which... At first, you would you would assume they were bloopers just watching them again. But if you've sat through an hour of that shit, then you realise that the bloopers were probably part of the film as well, and uh, and a theme song at the end. Not horrible. Yeah, not not really a theme. They did not mention Manos.
2: Is it the woman just screaming? Is it that? Yeah, she
1: just sings. Yeah, but horribly. Something. It's terrible.
2: Yeah, and that's the end of the film. The end. Well, about the the very end. Or is it? (laughs) Yeah
1: because it says the end with a question mark as we see the painting again for about the 15th time.
2: Which you actually think, well, obviously, yes, someone's making a sequel until very recently, and now there's fucking two sequels.
1: Which is ridiculous, because Flash Gordon ended with a question mark, And uh, I've been waiting for that sequel to be made ever since, uh, hoping that they would do it. And this film, this has the end with a question mark, and I never, ever want to see these sequels at all. And it would only be you that would make me out there, (laughs) you people out there that would make me ever sit through this. (laughs) And I hope you won't.
2: Yeah. Do you have a favourite character in this film?
1: Well, it's Torgo, isn't it? It has to be Torgo. He's so uncomfortable on camera. And he's he's beautiful. He's a beautiful freak.
2: Yeah, there's a I'd say best death, but there isn't. There's only one and that well I suppose two if you count Peppy.
1: Yeah, the, the ball of fluff on the floor. Yeah,
2: I guess the best death scene's Torgo, isn't it? With his hand on fire.
1: I mean Torgo runs this film, he he rules the whole thing.
2: Yeah, if if you're gonna take anything from this film it's Torgo. It'll perfect uh, Halloween costume for the kids. <laughs> Just get some pillows.
1: Yeah, stick them down their
2: thighs. A cowboy hat, a staff.
1: Yeah, and then tell them to take loads of drugs.
2: Yeah, don't start feeling random people's hair. Yeah, Maybe
1: Halloween, I don't know if you'll get away with that.
2: <laughs> and that's it. That is pretty much the whole film. It, it's joyless. There's, no, there's not much fun to be had in it. Uh, we sat through it because we are the bad movie cult so we've got to watch these these things
1: we watch them so you don't have to
2: yeah which would be a great tagline if thanks maybe maybe we'll uh, we'll do something with that maybe not i've
1: said it many times on the facebook group oh
2: have you yes well there you go <laughs> speaking of which uh, we are online www.badmoviecult.com we're on Facebook, as Ken pointed out, the Facebook group. Just search Bad Movie Cult and you'll find us. Twitter, Bad Movie Cult. Instagram, the same. Uh, if you have any questions you want to send over to us, um, there's a contact page on the website. Just give us a little message on there and we'll, we'll respond. Or we'll, we'll respond on this podcast, actually, if you've got any questions. Uh, same again on the uh, social media platforms and also if you have any film pictures that you'd like to pitch us uh, you think you can do better than Ken last week was Bazooka Squad and Ken has a new one for us this time Ken what have you got?
1: This one's a little bit different um, this one is the same plot This, this Bazooka fi- Squad this film plot uh, no 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 of course not no that would be irrelevant. Total. <laughs> just it? read the same. No, the same film pitch out. <laughs> I've written one, and that's that's it for every podcast. This
2: one's called Bazooka Squad Two. <laughs>
1: <laughs> hey, you No, know, you just wait. Uh, no, th- this one is that a family get lost in the desert and stumble across a cult who sacrifice people because it's actually a good plot. Uh, it was just a terrible, terrible execution it, of it. it.
2: Will this be a reimagining Is sort of a Blumhouse version of Manos, the Hands of Fate?
1: I, I think so. I, th- I think it could be, yeah. I haven't got a title for it because uh, I haven't had time.
2: Well, let's it, say now that this is a reimagining of Manos, the Hands of Fate. So, so l- let's call it Manos, is that yeah, what you're saying? Yeah. Okay, as long as Hal's not
1: still alive and got any court cases out for, uh, for like... I plagiarism. think he's dead. I think he's dead. Oh, thank goodness!
2: <laughs> yeah. He was pretty <laughs> old then, and it was 1966. So,
1: well, okay, so that—that's the plot. It is the same plot. Uh, however, my characters uh, have different actors, and I think you'll agree it's a step up on every single one of them. Torgo uh, is played by Rick Moranis.
2: <laughs> you know what? I'd watch that already because yeah, yeah, I like uh, Rick Moranis. Yeah.
1: That, so there you go. I, I've brought him back. Uh, from the brink, from the brink of retirement, Rick Moranis is back. Uh, the master. Uh, I've got John Astin, who was the original Gomez uh, Adams from the yeah. Adams family. He, yeah. He's ninety, so we better get a move on if we're going to play this. Right. Um, but he he was the best the best character I I, I thought for that one. Mike, uh, based purely on what Mike looks like in the film, is Ray Wise. Uh, I don't know who that from, is. From um, Twin Peaks. So Ray Wise from Twin Peaks and from Dead End, uh, a whole host of films. You'll have seen him. You know who Ray Wise is.
2: Yes, I do, yeah. See? Yeah.
1: There you go. So he's, he's Mike because he looks like him and he's a far better actor. Uh, the wife, Margaret, is played by Vera Farmiga, from The Conjuring and every other film that's the same as The Conjuring. I don't know which series of films they are anymore, but uh, The Nun and The Doll and shit. Yeah. Uh, the policeman is uh, Carl Weathers. Yeah, <laughs> as, of course. Uh, as himself, again. <laughs> <laughs> Who's his deputy? Uh, I haven't got a deputy for a Carl Weathers. I've got he him. doesn't need one. I've got him. Go on
2: Danny Glover.
1: Danny Glover's no deputies. always Carl
2: Weathers. Well, he's never progressed. <laughs>
1: he's just happy being on the <laughs> beach. He only
2: has one fucking line, so he might as well be fucking Danny Glover.
1: This is this is the boondocks.
2: Oh, you're right. Matthew McConaughey, then. There we go. <laughs> just a <laughs> brief cameo.
1: Yeah, because um, yeah, Danny, Glover, take, no, Danny Glover's got a lisp these no, days, I've so he it. can't say boondocks.
2: I've got it. Clint Howard.
1: Clint Howard, nice. Yeah, yeah. that's he, the one. He would never progress in The Police. So no, that's fine. <laughs> he's,
2: so, he's got a victim. He could have been Torgo if, if we had oh, a, a smaller I, budget.
1: Yeah, no, but I've, I've got a big budget on this. Rick Moranis, every every day. Uh, yeah, so Carl Weathers and uh, Clint Howard, the most unlikely of cop duos. Uh, the, ki- <laughs> the kissing couple. I'd love to watch a film <laughs> with
2: Carl Weathers and Clint Howard as the, the policemen. <laughs> i love to see just Carl Weathers in a cowboy hat. I think that'd be a good look for him.
1: Yeah, I, th- I think we could probably find an image of him bit in of a, a j- cowboy hat somewhere. Must bit of a, a jaunty little... angle. I think mean, what was he wearing in Rocky IV? Did he not, uh, have, he's a... Got did he new... not have a big hat on he's got, for that?
2: He's got the United States... Yeah, but did he not wear a hat? He had a top hat, I think. Oh, it was a top
1: hat. Oh, that would have been a perfect opportunity. Yeah. Anyway, Carl, if you're interested in uh, posing in a cowboy hat...
2: And just sending us over, on
1: yeah, just let us know.
2: Social media.
1: The kissing couple. Uh, you mentioned some uh, cameos. These are cameos. These are A-list cameos. Uh, it's Matt Damon and Charlize Theron.
2: I thought you were going to say Ben Affleck. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I don't get involved in their personal life. Um, no, that's that's the uh, that's the kissing couple.
2: Oscar-winning Matt Damon and Ben, Affle- uh, not Ben Affleck. No, we're not Oscar- having Ben Oscar-winning Matt Damon and Charlie Theron are going to be the kissing couple in a cameo. Yeah, in a film starring Rick Moranis. Yeah. who's not done a film for twenty years? Yeah, <laughs> who's playing Hal? Uh, Mike uh,
1: Ray Wise. Ray Wise.
2: Yeah,
1: <laughs> ninety-year-old John Astin.
2: <laughs> what? Astin. <John> <laughs>
1: I couldn't think of anyone else.
2: You're <laughs> with John Astin.
1: <laughs> he's mustachioed. Oh, he looks God. like the guy. He looks like the guy, but better.
2: Yeah, okay. Go I was
1: going to go Tom Selleck, but he's too big. Yeah. He's still too big. He's like whatever age he yeah, is. I mean, you he's just still put still a mustache. It
2: doesn't have to be mustache based. You could, he could. They could They could no, put a fake one on. No,
1: no, I'm not having that. Okay. It's got to be some sort of a <laughs> He, play, he, he plays the daughter. Um, You're just getting a random child actor. Oh yeah, yeah. Because all the child actors I can think of are adults now. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to say Dakota Fanning, but she's yeah, she's about thirty now. Yeah. Peter Bark.
2: Good call. Yeah. Peter Bark is from Burial Ground, which will also be covered on this podcast if no one knows yet, and he's also in the uh, the trailer for this podcast as well. Yeah,
1: yeah he'd be good.
2: <laughs> he'd be good as Debbie. I think he's about seventy himself now. <laughs> He was about 30 when he did Burial Yeah, he played a child in that film. <laughs> yeah,
1: so that's it. It's, just, it's the same film, but it's just my... It's my, a reimagining. It's, it's a reboot.
2: What about his one for you? What about Manos 2? Electric boot, no. Manos, <laughs> Manos 2, The Return of Torgo. Ah, spin-off. Yeah. Is it Rick Moranis? I think I, well, well, I wasn't... Are you going Clint no, Howard? No, no. you've mentioned him. Well, I had Terry Crews, but now I think about it, it's <laughs> going to be Clint Howard. And what he's doing is, it's just him. It's a sort of cross-country, you know how like Pee Wee... Um, oh, I
1: thought you meant like a, a run, a cross-country run. No, and no. Just because you know, with his know, legs, he's never going to manage that. Pee Wee when
2: he's searching for his bike. Yeah. Pee Wee's Big Adventure. I love that film. And uh, I think the same, but just instead of Pee Wee, it's Torgo. He's looking for a bike. He's looking for his hand. Oh, yeah.
1: Yeah. Okay. Well, are we going to have Francis in it from Big Adventure?
2: <laughs> we'll definitely have an amazing Larry. I know that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Well, <laughs> yeah. Because he's got something to say. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but this isn't my film picture. It's yours. Uh, what, so is it going to be filmed on location, Texas? Loads of moths. Yeah. Shit. Yeah. Equipment. Yeah. Yes, exactly, it's, it's, it's we're also, not up in the production value.
1: Well, no, because I spent all that money on uh, Damon and uh, Shelley's. <laughs> so the ride, four, so, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> for their brief appearances of just kissing. <laughs> if Matt Damon's not happy to do it, I'll I'll kiss Shelley's Theron.
2: Yeah, I was thought you say you yeah, get Ben Affleck.
1: No, he's got nothing to do with
2: this. I think we should have Ben Affleck in. He's the...
1: played Batman. We can't afford him. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> there we true. go. So we agree that.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Well, we'll get that uh, looked into. If you think this Ken is a fucking loser and <laughs> I can do much better than him, uh, send us over a film pitch. We'll read it out, we'll dissect it and see if we like it or not. But you have
1: to have Carl Weathers in it as the cop.
2: That is true. Carl Weathers needs to appear in if it. You, if
1: you're not having Carl Weathers as the police, then uh, we're not interested. You're, you're a loser.
2: Yeah, Carl Weathers needs to be in every single film pitch. Uh, have you got anything else to add, Ken, or are you happy with that? I'm, I'm not
1: happy that I've watched the film. Uh, to be honest, uh, Manos, it's awful. I'd never want to watch it again.
2: Yeah, me neither.
1: No, I, th- I think that's what we should end with, just the the promise that we'll never watch that film again. Yeah,
2: and do yourself a favour and don't watch it either. However, if you are a glutton for punishment, it is on YouTube. Yeah. In a, a restored, it was in 2013 or something. Someone found it at a garage sale, a, a copy of the original film and restored it. So it's in beautiful HD if you want to watch it, and it's online on YouTube
1: thank goodness that happened
2: (laughs) yeah imagine watching that not in HD it would have been even worse you couldn't see the fact that Torgo has two eyebrows four eyebrows for some reason yeah double eyebrow Torgo they call him and with that we'll bring this podcast to a close my name's Dominic Lawton as always thank you Kenby Wild for uh, watching the film turning up and uh, just being you I appreciate that (laughs) and we'll see you next time see you later bye
0: forget Is a thing that I cannot do yet on. I...
3: Well, it seems we have no alternative. Well, how about it, Torgo? Can we spend the night here?
0: Well, I don't know what else we can do.